0: You're listening to The Coach and Joe Podcast, conversations on friendship with God.
1: Welcome to The Coach and Joe Podcast. My name is Chad Norris, pastor of Bridgeway Church here in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. I'm excited today on this podcast, Uh, Joe's not with me, Will Hacker is. Will Hacker is a good friend of mine, and many of you are going to know his name really, really soon because he just was a part of this Finger of God Part 2 movie. I've known Will through Darren Wilson uh, for a couple of years now, and I'm just excited about this podcast because I'm going to ask Will a bunch of stories from the movie tonight. We're premiering the movie here at Bridgeway. And so, Will, welcome to the, the infamous, I think 11 people listen to this podcast, and two are my mom and dad. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Coach and Joe podcast. I really am glad you're here. I'm
0: excited to be here, Chad. It's- a little bit bigger uh, bigger deal than I think you think it is, when, but uh, it's when, good.
1: when I came inside the doors, there's an RV. Yep, 42-foot diesel. Tell people who you are. Why are you in an RV? Why you got your four kids and your dog going all across America right now?
0: Uh, so I started filmmaking with Darren Wilson about three years ago. Got pulled down from Chicago. Was a pastor for 14 years. Planted churches through the ELCA Evangelical Lutheran. Uh, I actually planted second-generational Chinese churches, so that makes a whole lot of sense being Caucasian, and uh, then <laughs> moved on to uh, children's world where I uh, oversaw 2,500 kids a month and uh, did curriculum and started video curriculum and started with $20 for video and then $200 and then $2,000 and then ultimately had a $200,000 studio Lord gave us and then I met Darren at that church and uh I saw the premiere for uh, or the trailer for Holy Ghost Reborn and I'm like I know that guy and he does not belong in this evangelical Bible teaching church <laughs> this Holy Ghost guy does not belong here so then we became friends and then next thing I know I'm in South Carolina in now, your whoa, church.
1: Whoa 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 you're going way fast. So Darren who's still a recovering skeptic, one of my best buddies, he's up north doing these weird movies. You were not on staff at a charismatic church. This podcast is about helping people walk in friendship with God. That's it. So you don't have the charismatic pedigree. None. You watch the movie, and I can guarantee you, you had no idea that you would produce, what, two or three movies later?
0: Yeah. No, I had no idea. As a matter of fact, uh, so I was watching. I had to close the blinds. I had to uh, watch it in a dark room because, honestly, it was a fireable offense to kind of go down that path of, of doctrine. And so I'm watching the trailer in the secret room, and I had been standing. So my kids were best friends with his kids. We we're in, They were in class together. And so I had been picking up my kids for two years next to this guy who wouldn't talk to me, right? I'm the crazy uh, children's pastor, and you know Darren's pretty introverted.
1: And I'm sure you guys know this, but Darren Wilson is hes the inventor, director, the grand of all of the WP films, going all the way back to Finger of God One, Furious Love, Father of Lights. And so that that's who Will's talking about. So your kids are in school together, and yeah. Darren is being a jerk to you and won't talk to you. Yeah, no. Uh, Darren, that's, Darren's sitting right beside us, by the way.
0: Yeah, and uh, and... It's interesting because I really wanted nothing to do with him, and he wanted nothing to do with me. Right. And here I, I'm watching this trailer. I'm like, "There's no way that's that's Darren Wilson." Like Darren, it, he's the Holy Ghost guy. Yeah. So I jet out of the room. His wife was working yeah. for the church as an ministry of assistant. I run out of the room. She's in the copy room, and I said, "What are you doing here?" She looks at me, and you know, obviously a little confused, and she's like, "I'm making copies," and I'm like, no, no, no. What are you? I you do not belong here. Like, do you understand you should not be here? And uh that started a conversation. She said, Why don't you come over uh for dessert? And uh would love to talk to you and, and so Were that,
1: you detecting at all? Uh here's what here's what I think is funny about God. So typically as C.S. Lewis says you can't trace the father's tracks and the creeks because he, he doesn't want you to know he's there, but hmm. Right then, God was already preparing you for this, right? Oh, I
0: had, and I had no idea. Okay, so you had no idea. No. Uh, you know, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was miserable, but I uh for about 2 to 3 years leading up to that moment, uh really working through the detachment of my relationship with God even though I was a pastor. And so, um working 70 hours a week uh, for 7 years Uh, putting out uh, a massive amount of curriculum, uh, just a ton of work. And so, uh, and I wasn't looking for an out. As a matter of fact, I had not seen any of the movies at that point. I had just seen the trailer. And so, yeah, in the gazebo, uh, we had dessert and started talking about Bill Johnson. I add a thousand questions.
1: When, When was the first time you told Jamie, when did you sense, at least sense, I'm not saying clarity, but when did you know that God was backdooring you
0: uh it was after Darren and I had a conversation uh at a coffee shop and Darren it's funny when darren uh uh he shares with you his conversation with the Lord he I think it's because you're a writer um He's a writer, but uh, he literally, like, read as if it was a text. Like, I said this to God, and then God said this to me, and then I said this to God, and then God said this to me. And then I think you're supposed to come and film <laughs> with me on the next movie.
1: When was this on the timeline of Darren moving WP to Greenville?
0: Uh, I, I'd say it's a months, months prior. So, like, they were on their way out. I'd say three or four months later, you okay. uh, were trying to, you know, work through. I was trying to work through with my wife, and Darren... Uh, was already gone. So I was still a pastor uh, after that conversation, right? and I had to make a decision. But what's funny about it is that I knew pretty much right there and then that I was supposed to do it. And it was the one of the hardest things to explain then to my wife and then to my church, because the church was not okay with it. Uh, it literally blew up. The conversations that arose over the Holy Spirit, over the doctrine, over uh, the clashing of the two uh, different opposing viewpoints uh, absolutely blew up because I was kind of the face of this mega church of children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And then trying to tell your wife, uh, I think I'm supposed to move down and make films. And her response was exactly my response uh, You don't know how to do that. And I said, Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. It's interesting your story
1: is so similar to Darren's because Darren didn't even own a camera when he did Finger of God one. Yep, he definitely was not charismatic. His wife had to drag him to Toronto. It's just funny how God's doubled down on this story. History tends to repeat itself inside the banner of the same organization. So Jamie says, "Why not? Let's go for it." That's it. You don't know what you're doing, and you come to beautiful Greenville, South Carolina, a lot like Chicago, right?
0: It's a lot like it, except for the fact that uh, instead of snow, you have sweat. There you go. Yeah, that's good. I was kidding, by the way. It's
1: nothing like Chicago. We talk (laughs) weird. We talk slow. Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, the culture... I would say the culture of uh, diving into the charismatic world was was disorienting at best. And I, I... it felt like dementia. I mean, I, I, I had been a pastor for 14 years. I, I felt very confident being able to care for and love people, and to be able to step into that world, I, I everything that I said was pretty much rejected in the sense that, like, yeah, that's nice, but what is the spirit doing? Right. And I, it was very confusing. So, and and you know, it's interesting. You know, even going back to your point with uh, with Darren, I think because the Lord was doubling down. I think that his confidence, I mean, I must have told him 15 times, I cannot do what you're asking me to do.
1: Uh, for the people listening to us, um, what was he asking you to do? Let's get into the nuts and bolts here, but, but stay on the timeline where you're at. What was he asking you
0: to do? Uh, it started off with, why don't you make, uh, I'm talking to Matt Crouch about doing uh, some children's work. I had made some uh, puppet shows. And I did not want to make a puppet show. But I was like, sure. And then, uh, next thing you know, it snowballed into a season. And then he just said, You're not going to make any puppet shows. You're going to film and you're going to make movies about the Holy Spirit moving. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. When did
1: uh, Holy Ghost, or excuse me, when did Finger of God Part Two even? Jump on the radar.
0: Uh so we were here for about a year and a half. Uh the Lord provided promise. So we left our house, uh, mortgage and all. Yep. Uh on our way down here, the Lord provided a house. Let I me mean, Did actually, Jamie
1: just trust you or she here got herself?
0: No, she had to trust me completely. Because she had a great job. She was the top nurse at a teaching hospital yeah. for the head of cardiac.
1: Yeah, let's take our time here. So I read a blog today how destinies never come unless you go through sacrifice, and I agree with that. Yeah. You guys sacrificed a lot.
0: My Can- wife, my wife, almost more so than I did. But it was—we uh, left everything. So we left friends, our entire family base is all in Chicago. Uh, my career, so jumping ship from a career. Um, my wife came down here and could not find a good job. Uh, we took about a seventy percent pay cut, uh, and it—it it was.
1: It was about this time that you got the infamous word of knowledge.
0: From you, my friend. Where
1: I looked at you and said, uh, Will, God's going to kill you for about a year, and he wants to pour you out like wine. Yep. And I see you being poured out really Mm -hmm. all over... Like the world, which typically sounds dramatic, yeah. But it's actually happening with this yeah. movie. And I said, yeah. uh, unfortunately for you, you're in a grape crushing season. Go in peace. God bless.
0: That's it. Well, I, you know, it's funny. That was the first prophetic word I'd ever received. I don't know if I ever told you that God's going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Praise God for you, and you're 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 speaking through the Lord. I remember. Not... I, I don't remember a lot of words. I remember that. I, I'll tell you what. I I remember it really distinctly because I was here for about a month and a half, and I'm sitting in a staff meeting, and I'm just like just flying the wall, just trying to figure things out. Right, I'm a nobody, and you you worked yourself into a lather to be able to share the word. I don't know if you remember that, but it took almost 15 minutes of you saying, "This is the hardest word I ever gave." Yeah, I'm about to give I'm about to give the hardest word.
1: But the hope was, I said, he only crushes what he wants to pour out. That's it.
0: Well, that actually—I think that that came a little bit later. I think that you—you you finished it with, you're going to be crushed like grapes, and it is going to be the hardest season that you. I had a lot more through. fear, man. back then, yeah. It Probably was...
1: now, I would just say, "Will, you're screwed."
0: Well, you know, and beyond the receiving end of having never received a a prophetic word, and, you know, I've given up everything. I'm I'm hoping and praying. I'm praying for angels every night, right? Like I'm going to see this angelic
1: encounter. My wife and I just happened to bump into you months later. You're on a 40 day fast. We bump into you in downtown Greenville, and I gave you another word, and I said, This is very pivotal. Don't stop. Do not quit. God is doing something. Typically, when we think He's not doing anything, it's not true. Now we can choose out, we can choose in a sin, but you're on a, a flipping 40-day fast, yep. still saying, God, what's going on?
0: Well, we were at the bottom too. We were I was living in Darren's basement with my family, one room, four kids, a wife. Uh it financially we we're, we were going downhill. We hadn't made a film yet. We were working through all the things that WP was going through. Uh we were really honestly on the on the last leg of the last leg. And, and here
1: you are on tour for a movie that you produced.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we start the fast and it was, it was, I don't know if you've ever had that, but it is, it is a, a it's a fast to basically say I'm done after this. Mm-hmm. When that fast is done, mm-hmm. I'm done. If you haven't come up with a solution, I can no longer do this.
1: Three biggest breakthrough seasons of my life did not come on an encounter it came uh, from fasting and it came from me saying I don't know if I can do this any longer
0: That's it that's it it was absolute desperation and you know I had I'd, I'd gone I'd go for walks out in the out in the forest I'd go for uh, you know mountain hikes I'd sit in rooms I'd read I'd podcast I was not hearing anything and so I was just desperate for his voice. My wife was miserable. I mean, my, you, know, you have a wife who you're trying to explain, no, this is God's plan for us to live in Darren's basement. This is God's plan for all this to happen and financially us, us to struggle. And uh, it's interesting to walk on faith in a friendship with the Lord uh, when not only does nothing around you make sense uh, and nothing looks like the promise that you've been given, but then all of your friends in the natural are saying, this isn't okay. This isn't going, you're crazy. And so to not hear God's voice in a season where literally your family, your wife is saying that you're crazy feels like maybe they're right. And you and I actually had, I remember a distinct conversation where you and I went out to, uh, I think Genghis grill. And Mm -hmm. we just had a straight up conversation. Like, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. God, I, I don't know if if I'm absolutely not am I making it up?
1: Clint Eastwood and God have a lot in common. And Clint Eastwood said in one of his epic films, every man must find his limitation. And I think God pushes, up. I mean, think about it. He sends his baby boy, his beloved sinless son, into the desert for 40 days, and I think the enemy was there for all 40 days. Yep. And so he pushed him to such a place where he had to have angels minister to him. I mean, let that sink in. He had to have, like, I don't know if I can do this. And then he comes out in a level of power he never had yep. before, at least that we can tell. Yep. I, at the, I remember Genghis, and then one time playing golf with you, I, I mean, I remember being heavy-hearted saying, this guy's getting pushed to the brink. Yeah. But let's make a turn here because that brink turned into hope. Yep. You never thought in a million years you'd move to Nevada. Nope. Middle middle of the fast. In Middle of the fast. You, I mean, Nevada. We get,
0: we get all of... In the middle of the fast, we get all of the money for the film, which is unheard of. Get the finalization of the idea, and here's what we're going to film. Here's how we're going to film it. Middle of the fast. I mean, breakthrough. We probably, I think I counted. There was 14 breakthroughs I had during the fast. And as you know, I ended it with uh, an eating extravaganza.
1: That's for a, another... <laughs> another and the Lord, the podcast. Lord. I've got chills right now. I'll, I'll say this, and we ha- we do have to move on because I'll, I'll, I'll get so sidetracked. I'm 45 years old. I put both hands on a King James Bible when I say this. You ready? I'm here. I've never seen an eating exhibit of dominance and passion like that in my life. We mm-hmm. were at a wedding. Wedding, yep. I yeah. think I did the wedding. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were at a wedding, mm-hmm. and we went to the reception, Yep. and my 15-year-old son, after you had been eating for two hours... He said, Dad, you're going to have to tell Mr. Will. He's going to stop. He's got to stop. Yeah. This is
0: repulsive. Yeah, no. uh, It was that's how, I, that's how much I didn't want to fast. Let's just say that. I wasn't fasting for fun. I truly, truly said, Lord, this is all for you. So, yeah. We Why Nevada? T- uh, wake up at four in the morning, and the Lord says to me, and this is a gift for my wife, he says, um, he says, have your wife uh, apply for her dream job. And I thought, like as as a husband, like, all right, this is gonna go really well. Like, man, this is gonna be so good. So I go to Jamie. I'm say, hey, babe, the Lord woke me up, told me that you're supposed to apply for your dream job. Not happy. Not okay you move this here, you know, all of these things come flying in my face. You move this here, you destroyed my career. You know, I gave up everything for you. All of my certifications. I'm a nobody now in the nursing world. I got no, I can't apply for, I said, all right, just, can you apply? And she did, uh, took, uh, you know, applied for 10 different applications, you know, 10 different locations, got six callbacks, four job offers in the most, High intense. So she's a helicopter nurse. She's a flight nurse, and she uh, does search and rescue. She does air transport. She wears military grade uh, helicopter uh, goggles and helmet. And she loves it. And she absolutely is in the happiest place of her entire life. And you're in Nevada. Yeah, and uh, the Lord
1: God puts you on the backside of a desert as you
0: begin your journey. Well, you prophesy that. So just before I'm about to leave, and you didn't know it, you have me stand up in the middle of church. Oh yeah, no, I do. I I remember remember now. Now, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 Darren, and I, I say? Darren and I were sitting next to each other. I'm about to leave. I had just told Darren, I'm like, I'm, cr- I'm crying. Like, I have to leave. I have to leave. Yeah, I, I called you out in front you of the didn't. church. You made me stand up, and you're like, the Lord is going to put you in a literal desert, so, and he is going to meet you like you've never been met Shut before. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And then you send me and some <laughs>
1: pictures like you live <laughs> yeah. in, in the middle of some yeah. science fiction movie. No, no, no.
0: It is, uh, it is uh, they call it BLM land. Uh, you can go from our house through Tesla all the way into Sacramento. So two and a half hour drive in desert. There's behind our house. Don't you see wild horses? I was gonna say you Death. sent
1: me a picture of wild horses. Yeah. I had no idea in America. Imagine being in my neighborhood and seeing some horse come. So it he went, puts you out there, and you finish the movie or start the movie.
0: Uh, no. I, then I start to edit the movie. By that time, I'm I'm pretty much done uh filming, and I'm editing. And I, I'm by myself. I, I, we don't have any friends out there. We don't have a church body. I find a church body much later of 40 people. like it's a small little well, church. Let me
1: ask you this, because on the next podcast, we're going to get into the actual movie. What have you learned about the Father and yourself through this season that you never knew before?
0: Yeah, there's a lot. One is that he's definitely broken through all the cliches that I put up as safeguards. Uh. That's just real. Number two is that uh, the conversations don't happen because I sit down on my knees and decide that this is the moment I'm going to have a conversation. Uh, it is nonstop. And I, one of the things I've always appreciated about you and I've learned just from watching you um, that I'm even working through myself is is you'll stop a conversation on a regular basis mm-hmm. because the father is whispering something in your ear mm-hmm. or an angels speaking in your left ear or a Blue Angel's having a conversation with you, or there's water crawling up an, our legs. Or, you're going to get me in yeah, trouble, yeah? Yeah. There's a lot of things that happen when we're together. I assume that it happens on a regular basis anyways. Yep. But I, I've learned that like, I'm constantly now in a constant state of conversation. There's never a moment where I'm not having a dual conversation. You
1: know, the um, I was thinking about this recently. If you just think about English class, third grade, you start learning about tenses, t e n s e s. Yep. Yep. So Paul says, past tense. We were raised with Christ in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking. Well, if that's true, because I don't feel it. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at you. I'm not in heaven right now, yep. but positionally, I can find a few places in Paul, Paul's thoughts, yeah, to where. Well, maybe I am. Maybe he's, I'm being facetious, but maybe I really am already in His presence. I used to wonder if. He even liked me, much less loved me. And now it's like, well, I'm in your presence, so why not just talk to you without ceasing, pray without
0: ceasing? Uh, I find it strange that I'm, I've am i learned friendship, but I've also learned that idea of being in His presence, being safe in the worst season of life. It was the worst. In the, yeah, 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 yeah. It was the hardest season, Yeah. whether it be financial. And it was because everything had to be real. It had to be boiled down to is this authentic yeah. is this real and you know it's not a it's not a religion a religion is a relationship has become a religion itself it's become yeah. a cliche and honestly for me that is the number 1 thing i've learned is i'm going to sit down and at the end of the day write a journal uh to myself and say stop working so hard on a relationship that is always present always there mm-hmm. and in that in that, I would say that that's the number one thing I've learned is that uh, I don't, I don't have to press in for something that's been bought, paid for, and given to me.
1: And you know what I've found? We'll close here before we jump into another podcast on the details of the movie. The father tells his secrets to his closest friends, and he knows who's coming to him just to bond with him, versus somebody that wants something from him. Mm. It, it, let's be honest, Will. I mean, uh, life's a mist, James. And when we get there, we're we not that big a deal. Like, in other words, I I, yep. I probably should just relax, get to know him. I can't impress him with anything other than just trusting him. I do hope this podcast has helped a lot of y'all. Just, just know that the person who produced Finger of God Part 2 is just as broken as you are. He's been working out his salvation with fear and trembling in a Winnebago that's you know, I think it's a great metaphor picture of uh, life. kind of breaks down from time to time. You keep trucking on. Then when you cross the other side, you say, well, what was that all about? And uh, you, you do the best you can at walking in friendship with him. Ho- hope you're blessed. Make sure you check out this movie, Finger of God, Part 2. And I think it'll really bless you.
0: You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.